finally got through that intro. First uh, try. First <laughs> try. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar to discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. Uh, so this week we have an interesting to- uh, topic that I myself am not too versed in, but my two friends, Caleb and David, are very well versed in. So I will let them take the helm. Caleb, David. Hi, I'm David. I'm a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there's your hint for the topic for this week. I'm Caleb. I too am a weeb. This week, we decided we're going to talk about anime, and this is something that David and I are pretty familiar with, and going based off of stuff that we grew up watching and have attempted to introduce Dan to, to varying effects of success. (laughs) (laughs) Well put. (laughs) Very well put. Specifically, what we're wanting to look at and discuss is going to be anime that we grew up with and seeing some of the impact that it's had on modern anime, as well as some other things. and different influences that they've pulled from to make those anime. Yep. Yeah, because I've even seen some sort of uh, anime culture in uh, even some of the cartoons that we've seen, like that we've discussed before, is like Spider-Man and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I and mean, just the the breadth of what genres are covered by anime now. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It's really interesting to see how it's kind of branched out and how some of those genres have now come into vogue again in more American pop culture, mm-hmm. in part because of um, and through and actually kind of get us into the topic. I mean, um, Ghost in the Shell came mm-hmm. out, what, two, 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 no, 90, no, 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 that was 2000. Something like that. Yeah, I know that that one was one of the earlier ones, and that did help. No, 98. The movie came out in uh, 95. The movie came out in 95. Yep. There we go. Yeah, so like even looking at different things, there's, it's pretty cool to see not only what anime has inspired, but also what has taken inspiration from anime. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, or what anime has taken inspiration from, rather. Uh, like, for example, with one of my personal favorites of a more modern anime in My Hero Academia, the main character is very heavily modeled after Spider-Man with his fighting style and some of the techniques and stuff that he learns as he goes through. So it's pretty cool to see not only what impact anime has had on modern entertainment, but what modern entertainment has had on anime as well. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of this, um, not quite quip pro quo, but more of a you, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, uh, which uh, I guess that is kind of the definition of quip pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just this idea of um, just feeding off of each other as far as Okay, recognizing the strengths in one and then adding it into the other. So, and, and you can go even, even further into the production of anime. Because uh, mm-hmm. that in and of itself was kind of a, kind of a groundbreaking, groundbreaking thing at the time. Yeah. yeah, especially if we look at some of the really popular anime from the 90s and early 2000s, we're seeing some of those still going on to this day. Yeah. And just seeing, like, I think One Piece is up to, like, what, almost a thousand episodes now? Naruto went on for 500 episodes before it moved on to the next chapter being Boruto and then Dragon Ball Z took a long break and now it's come back with Dragon Ball Super and other movies and seeing like those animated movies breaking records in theaters at this point. 
and even getting away from more of the shonen style where it's that ongoing storyline. Yeah. You also have stuff like um Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Um well, technically Apple Seed is part of that as well. Gundam. Um I'm trying to think of a couple others. Uh well Gundam's been an interesting one because that one's technically been going on since the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. And there's so many different story arcs and timelines and stuff that none of which directly connect to each other, but they're all technically technically within the same universe, even if there's like they don't reference any of the other situations or it could technically be going up like the same time frame, just different timelines. And like there's yep. there's so much there for Gundam that it's crazy to see how long that one's been going. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have my first question. Uh speaking of uh Gundam. Um, is it true or is it just my imagination that uh, Transformers kind of came from Gundam or is it other way around or because they're very similar style robots and I'm just curious if it so that's one enough. influenced the other or so they came up around the same time initially mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken where the it's technically a, a subgenre of uh, of mecha anime right. called Real Robot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's just the more realistic style instead of the more bombastic. Ha ha ha. In fact, um, Gigantor was the other style, style of that, uh, which we, was actually one of the earlier imported animes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Based on a quick Google search, Gundam started in the 70s and Transformers started in 84. Okay. And so I don't know if Transformers was directly brought from Gundam, but there probably was at least some inspiration there, just looking at that mecha fight style and yeah. Uh but yeah, so Gundam did start first and then Transformers was a little bit later. Okay. My mistake. <laughs> yep. Cool. So So Gundam is an interesting one for me personally. That's one that I've always loved and I like to go back and watch a lot of the older ones. I grew up watching Gundam Wing and that one was like Really wanted that Gundam Wing and Dragon Ball Z were kind of the ones that got me started on my anime love. Don't mind my dog, sorry. <laughs> the borking boofer out there again. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Gundam Wing and Dragon Ball Z were the ones that really got me started with my love of anime, and that's where most of it started. And I'm seeing like different things that those have kind of inspired since then, and just seeing how much they've both grown over the years as well is pretty impressive. Uh, like for example. Gundam Wing, or really just Gundam in general, had always been an older style show where they did a lot of the anime, like the hand drawn animations mm-hmm. and sequences. And so you'd see, especially Gundam Wing and anything prior to that, you'd see a lot of the same action sequences and random parts. And it's like, okay, well, they're reusing a previous drawing either due to budgetary restraints or whatever. And so you'll see some of those similar things coming back and forth and then watching the most recent Gundam series and Iron Blood Orphans and seeing Funimation's is like, no, this is a popular series. Everyone loves this. We want to make our own Gundam mm-hmm. storyline that is unique to us, that we are the only ones that have touched. Yeah. Unique to <clears throat> America itself or unique to uh, the, the co- uh, company? Unique to the company. Okay. All yeah, because right. uh, up to that point, it had always been Bandai that had been doing a lot of that, and they just kind of contracted out to various... Uh, voice acting agencies okay. for the characters and then Funimation got the opportunity to do their own unique storyline and touch and everything with that so that was kind of the first time that Funimation which is really like the biggest voice company in America as far as anime is concerned yeah. really got their hands on is like no this is our project this mm-hmm. is our baby yeah yep 
was gonna say I, I did recognize uh that name Bandai because I mm. I remember <laughs> like that Power Rangers quick little yeah, yeah. The, the quick little uh uh theme song for mm. it. It was just a Bandai. Yeah. Bandai <laughs> is kind of like the Disney of anime. They've oh, got really? their hands on like, all it, of yeah. the pies. <laughs> it, them or Studio nice. Madhouse. <clears throat> yeah. Studio Madhouse, I don't think quite to the extent of Bandai. Because yeah. Bandai also has a lot of the rights for the video games and board games and figures they and stuff do, like that. They do, and that's partly because Bandai is such... It's it's a much wider company than mm. just animation. And in, in that regard, yes, they're more like Disney. As far as renown, that honor's got to go to a different company. Got to go to Ghibli. Yeah. Mm. Studio Ghibli is like the precedent setter. If you can manage to match or beat a Studio Ghibli movie in theaters or even on DVD Blu-ray sales, then you've done something special. Yeah. Like everyone really holds it up to the standards of just like Ghibli is the cream of the crop. That is the top of the movie. Yeah. And I mean, Studio Ghibli is kind of, it, it's to the point where with a lot of their, their properties where let's say, I'm sure you would recognize Totoro. Um, the kind of big raccoon looking thing. Um, okay. they never really explain what he is. Uh, they, you know, they, they kind of do. They hint like, no, he's a, he's a tree spirit. He's, mm-hmm. he's essentially the, the anime version of the Lorax. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in what, uh, show or uh, my name is Totoro. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, Ghibli is unique sense. in that they don't have shows per se. All of studio Ghibli stuff is movies. Okay. And so not the, all, not, not all. all two not properties. All. Well, technically, it's one property with two installments. Yeah. But, like, the majority of the Ghibli product is movie-related. And those are, like, those are so popular within the anime community, they're still getting put out in random releases in theaters to this day. Mm -hmm. And that's just a testament to how popular those are and the fact that it's, like, theaters like, oh, no, we know we're going to make money on this. That was, like, one of the few movies that some of the theaters had showing during the lockdown situation, like, after this theater started to open back up because they were like, this is a safe bet. We Mm. know people will come in to watch this. Yeah. Yep. The the uh the diehard fans that are uh oh yeah not necessarily quarantined. <laughs> well, there, there are some people that are like anime fans and they only watch Ghibli. Yeah, oh, but wow. then there's yeah. HBO Max for that now because it's true their their partnership with Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And oh. technically, at one point, Studio Ghibli movies were Disney property as well. Mm-hmm. So technically, oh. Studio Ghibli movies are also Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of goes back into that original topic, though, that give and take of showing off what was good about one and implementing it in the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. In fact, that yeah. also led to some of the kind of confusing releases is a few, mm-hmm. a few very well-known properties were re-released with new voice actors. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same storyline, the exact same lines delivered in potentially more convincing ways. Sometimes, no. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, one thing I will say for the re-releases on a lot of titles, it's allowing a lot of younger actors to, uh, voice actors, to get into that industry. Um, so, for example, the re-release of, uh, of Totoro, actually, uh, is uh, Dakota Fanning and her sister. Oh, wow. Are the, the two main voice actors. Mm-hmm. L Fanning? Thank you. L. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, that, was kind of, that kind of blew me away when I was watching through and I was like, hang on, that voice... Oh my gosh, it's the kid from Man on Fire. <laughs> oh. Or Uptown Girls, as I would know her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of said that that's where my mind went. <laughs> that's fair. Another one that I grew up with that I don't know if it's technically considered anime because it was definitely not as well known, at least, 
that it was inspired heavily by Gundam was Zoids. I don't know if you saw I've that. Heard it's about another those. mech fighting show, but instead of it being like human shaped robots, they were animal shaped robots, and they're oh, all okay. like basically themed off of dinosaurs and and a few other animals like gorillas, for example. Uh, but majority of them were some sort of like dinosaur variation. Yeah. And that one like definitely doesn't get the love it deserves, in my opinion, because it was such a good story. And like all of the Zoids had such cool designs. Like, for example, the main Zoid was Liger Zero. And it was a white like lion tiger Liger. <clears throat> oh, wow. Okay. And so it was just this really big, fast, powerful creature. But that one was really unique because it had the ability to swap out its armor. So it just had like the white form was its base form. Then it had a green form that was just like really heavy armor and all the big weapons. Like when it went into the green form, it wasn't going to move much, but it was going to hit something hard yeah. <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> and then there was like the orange armor that was like gave it really super fast speed and like you know, gained some like slashing weapons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a few other variations of that same uh, that that same Zoid, but it's like just seeing like the way that they kind of took that inspiration from the Gundam and they went really heavy because Gundam had always been popular with one of two storylines. Gundam was either a war in space over colonizing other planets and like the colonies not feeling like they're getting the respect they deserve from the governments or a tournament fighting arc. Mm-hmm. And Zoids took heavily from that tournament fighting arc and that they had this big tournament and that was the whole, that was the entire show was the, the was fighting through the various rounds of the tournament to see who was going to come out on top. Yeah. Uh so the the Zoids was it actually um like living robots or were they uh were Most they of people them, in them? No. The people were in them controlling them. So it's just like Gundams and that there was always a pilot. Okay. Now Liger Zero and one other one called Shadow Fox were living beings in that they chose their pilot. They okay. were very picky and like any and people that had tried attempted to pilot them up to that point had such a heavy strain on their brain, almost like Pacific Rim style, if you right. will, yeah. that they weren't able to even pilot, let alone control. And wow. so like those two kind of had their own unique stories and like they were really cool designs and they had that like it was like, okay, are these pilots actually gonna be good enough to control these Zoids? Like are they gonna work together? What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. But most of them were just robots that kind of did their own that were just being piloted okay. by a good pilot. Cool. Um, yeah. So sounds kind of like the the Zoids were very much the the piloted version of of Beast Wars from Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, much. Yeah. And there's uh, there was um, the only similarity. Well, I guess there was a few similarities in like T Rex and Gorilla between Zoids and Beast Wars. Yeah. Um, but there there wasn't too many similar because again, majority of the uh, Zoids were modeled after dinosaurs with the exception of like the gorillas the fox and like one or two others but mm-hmm. vast majority of them were dinosaurs and beast wars like ha- kind of had a mix and match yeah of that which beast wars is another one i don't feel gets the love it deserves because that was a <laughs> fantastic show I was say, that's the one that got me my start in it mm-hmm. <laughs> was beast wars and then followed shortly thereafter by trigun oh, and trigun's such a classic and just the pacifist marksman like yeah it kind of concept is that when you first think about it then you watch it was like this is great this oh yeah so much fun to see a pacifist marksman it's just like i'm gonna see how much i can annoy you to win this fight i'm not gonna actually hurt you but you're gonna be really <laughs> salty when this is over oh yeah <laughs> like it's, in some ways you kind of wonder if if he was inspired by the original design for deadpool or similar characters yeah yeah but yeah 
for me, like the big one for me growing up was always Dragon Ball Z. Yep. And it's like I've got multiple tattoos of Dragon Ball Z. That is the love I have for this show. <laughs> and seeing like the different I, shows I still think are... you got that one tattoo on the wrong side of your leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's probably fair. But it is what it is now. Can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, for for those who uh, clearly are not seeing, uh, Caleb has a, a Thyron, I mean, sorry, Shinron on his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's on my calf. Or on your calf. Thank You're you right. I'm much. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's a caffron, yeah, caffron. <laughs> which i think is a, a style of pan <laughs> like cooking pan probably <laughs> see i was going with the uh with this with the snooty coffee order <laughs> I'll, there you go. I'll have a caffron hold the cream <laughs> like dbz is definitely the big one for me as you can see, I plan on getting more tattoos with Dragon Ball Z characters at some point. Eventually run out of space, but time will tell. Uh, <laughs> but He's going to have it on his eyeball at oh, some point. Just be like, no. I got no. it. I got it, guys. That's I got two of the Dragon Balls. Well, that is a hard pass on that one, my friend. <laughs> Oof. I'm just saying, you're you're running out of room. You got to put it somewhere. <laughs> I, I've got my hard limits on where I'm going to stop. So. <laughs> I can imagine a couple of those limits. <laughs> I would rather not imagine a couple of those limits, but I understand. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I will say um, that I have seen a, a little bit of uh, Dragon Ball Z. So that You've is actually seen my more limited... than half of Dragon Ball Z at this point because really? you started into. I think we started into the Android Saga with you, did we not? Uh, Androids. I think you saw yeah. all the way through Frieza. Yep. Okay, so yeah, you've seen Saiyan and Frieza sagas, and we've st- at least started the Android saga. So I don't remember exactly how far into that one we got. Yeah, but you've seen. I I think I saw pretty much the episode where um the creator of the androids uh was either just being met or just being defeated. I can't remember. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're, um, you're probably about. A, p- a little past the halfway point, I would say. Okay, so um, it's not as long as I thought it was then. Cause yeah, I, well, like, and that's it's, it's yep. also the the final series of just Dragon Ball Z proper, not counting Super and Beyond. Mm-hmm. That final season or story arc is over a hundred episodes. Okay, and so like that final arc is a long arc, but like it, you're it was, a good it, chunk through, yeah. like the main body of that okay. show. Yeah, I I will say, growing up, I did not have the patience for the Shonen style where it's this long, drawn out storyline. <laughs> I liked, uh, I will save that for later, but um, going back now in a binge-worthy age where we're looking <laughs> for shows that are bingeable, yeah. the shonen style really lends itself. It's kind of ahead of its time mm-hmm. in, oh, yeah. in that regard. Because now yeah. you can sit down and watch all of Seven Deadly Sins and like, oh shoot, it's two days later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like the shonen series is definitely one that is, is more bingeable because... The stories, while still compelling and enjoyable, tend to not be as in-depth. And so you can watch it and binge through it and not really miss much. Whereas if you're trying to watch something that's a little bit more detailed, like Tokyo Ghoul, for example, that has a little bit more detail and it kind of dives into the lore of that universe, you can still binge that one, but there's still going to be some content that you may be like, hold up, I missed that. I need to go back a little bit. Um, and, And I will say, like, when we were growing up watching Dragon Ball Z... That was when all the filler was there, too. <laughs> so there was just like an episode of Goku charging up for 20 minutes. And then the next episode that you'd see like a few days later, randomly, Goku's now taking a driving test. And it's like, hold up, wait, <laughs> there's, there's something missing here. <laughs> Which humorously, that concept of a filler filler episode actually lend itself to create a whole different genre. It did. <laughs> yeah. 
Not always in a good way. <laughs> so that was definitely the difficult thing. And thankfully, when we had Dan sit down and watch Dragon Ball Z, we did Dragon Ball Z Kai. So I had all of that filler okay. removed. There's still definitely parts that's like, ooh, this is a little rough. And granted, this is an old show. So especially in the older seasons, as good as it is and as much nostalgia as I have for it, there's definitely going to be moments, even that I'm sitting there like, ooh, this is kind of hard to watch right now. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's it's cool seeing some of the current anime or current running anime that were took inspiration from Dragon Ball Z. For example, One Piece. Yes, I'm one of the lunatics that sat through 800 plus episodes of One Piece. Whomp, whomp. Oh, and gosh. there's one specific scene. So in Dragon Ball Z, they have a moment where they set the time machine on fire. And it's just saying like, OK, like we did our mission. We went back in time, solved everything. We don't need this anymore. And so they set the time machine on fire and they're like, okay, like this is kind of a closing mark to the chapter. We're done with this and we're moving on with our lives. And One Piece had a very similar moment in that. And it was actually a direct shout out to that moment from Dragon Ball Z. It was shot in the same way. The characters are standing the same way. They did the fire in the same design. Like it was a direct call out to this moment in Dragon Ball Z when they saw, when we got to the point where their original ship was just beaten, battered, torn. It couldn't handle the trek anymore, and they were getting ready to go into a section of the ocean that was even more treacherous and rough seas than where they had already been. So it's kind of that moment of like, okay, like this ship has been good to us. It was our home. This is where our family started. But it's time that we move on to that next chapter in our life. And they did that exact call out to the Dragon Ball Z moment with the time machine. The characters, again, standing the same way, looking at it, the fire, everything. And that was like something that really stood out to me when I was watching One Piece. And even the creator of One Piece said this, like, no, this is a direct call out to that because that heavily inspired me. And that's why I am still going today. Nice. Yeah. Was that the capsule core ship? Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I wanted to make sure I remembered that. <laughs> figured that was a big one. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Awesome. I was like, even shows like Naruto just like may not be direct call outs, but it's just doing like similar color palettes for some of the characters. Like, okay, like they're not directly like this character, but we really like that character. So. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's almost funny. It's not quite like Caleb was saying. It's not quite a copy paste whenever anime is taking inspiration for something. It's it's their own unique spin on something that already exists. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, wasn't Naruto Naruto very <laughs> similar to Goku? Or with, mm. at least in look, it, it, not so much in look or fighting style because it Color was a very palette, different yeah. style. Like Must Goku have, was a martial artist, yeah. whereas Naruto is got that more ninja style. And like there is some martial arts there, obviously, but it's it's very much a different fighting style. Uh, but just with his character and like that resilience and that like I'm never gonna give up. I fight for my friends. My f- friends are my drive. Which granted, that's anime, but yeah. <laughs> that was definitely something that kind of had that back and forth inspiration okay cool yep. um yeah so like yeah well you're saying there's a difference in the fighting styles but what what were the like the differences in those two um in general like what what kind of separated those two as far as like the fighting styles story as far as storyline like, okay so Dragon Ball Z is just like basically a group of martial artists fighting. And it, it started in Dragon Ball with them fighting in tournaments and kind of like little storylines where they would branch off. And it's like, oh, like the Red Ribbon Army is trying to like took over this this country. We need to stop them because they're evil. And then back to the tournaments and kind of back and forth with that. 
And so it was, it was started off very heavily on that tournament style and it grew into what it is now where it's like going to other planets and fighting these world ending beings and mm-hmm. abilities. It's like even the weakest of characters that Yamcha that dies at like just a breath <laughs> can still technically destroy a planet. So, yeah, <laughs> but Naruto was more focused around that like ninja lifestyle and just saying like, what was their specific ninja creed for each of the characters like Naruto his ninja creed was always wanting to like protect his friends, fight for those he loved and become the Hokage, which is basically like the president of that village, if you will. Okay. And so like his, he was always like focusing on his ninja creed and he would, he said multiple times throughout the series, that's my Nindo, my ninja way. Whereas Dragon Ball Z is just, Goku's just like, Oh, you're strong. Cool. Let's punch each other. Let's right. do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goku's drive was very much. I want to show that I am the strongest person out here. Yes. Right. Not in a wish it, wish a sucker would mentality sort of way, but more of a, I've got something to prove. Yeah. yeah. Which is where that rivalry between him and Vegeta comes from. Cause Vegeta had like never really been bested, especially not by another Saiyan. Yeah. And so when he and Goku fought and there was that like back and forth, it's like, Oh, this is a Saiyan that beat me. And it was not an easy fight for Goku. It was a very close fight. So, and not only that, but he wasn't even a full Saiyan because he had lost his tail. Right. 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 So it was like, Wow. Which like technically, part of like, <laughs> Saiyans can always regrow their tails. Because, like, th- there was treatments that they could do to, like, regrow the tail. And, like, at that point, if I'm remembering correctly from Dragon Ball, they had done something to make it to where Goku's tail wouldn't come back. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole premise is, like, okay, no, like, when he turns ape, it's a problem. No one here can really do much to stop him. So we need to cut off the tail and make sure it doesn't come back so that we don't have any further problems. Now I saw that. You hand him a Kakarot. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to point out the idea of them blowing up the moon to stop someone from turning into an ape. Okay, you'd mess up so many things. In oh, yeah. world. <laughs> your, your, your planet would be destroyed. Yeah. And, and now Goodbye all I can tides. think of is, yeah. And now all I can think of is assassination classroom. Fantastic anime. Yes, that's, it is. That's another one of my personal favorites, but it's a little bit later in the timeline. Yeah, that's just a definitely bit. a fantastic one. Yeah. Especially knowing that the voice actor, the English voice actor of Krillin, is the voice actor of Sensei. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which even even in the localizations, there's still kind of that in, that style of in joking with the fans, where it's like, uh, where you'll have a completely different character voiced by the same actor. And then they'll make some sort of the actor themselves will do some sort of line or tweak tweak part of the localized lines as a callback to hey remember me I was yeah <laughs> right, right or they'll right. even like directly reference other anime within anime like there's so many oh yeah it's anime great it's like you have a, a character that is a big manga fan and they like talk about like I was just watching one recently it was um, Jujutsu Kaisen and that's a very new one that just started airing in like late 2019 early 2020 yeah so very very new. And he was sitting there, he's like, oh, like, when do I get superpowers? When do I do, like, a Rasengan? When do I do a, 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 a spirit bang? And, like, all, just starts referencing all these other attacks from other, other anime, or even an assassination classroom, where it's just, like, one of the students was a big anime fan. And so the sensei, when working with him, would, like, put on anime garb to kind of help him focus and be like, no, like, I can use anime to teach you something, so focus and just do what I'm telling you to do. So, right, right. It was just like he had the Naruto headband on him as he's like sitting there light speed around the room, helping all of the students <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and shoot. What was the, <laughs> sorry. 
I wish I could say it was the barking that killed my concentration, but no, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, sorry for the dog. <laughs> they are adorable. So yes, they are. It's worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, no, that trail is that train is so far derailed. There are no survivors. Uh. I'm curious, Dan, from your perspective, since you didn't really grow up with anime, you don't watch much anime. You've watched a little bit with me, and like Dan and David and I have convinced you to watch a few episodes of My Hero Academia here and there. So, is there anything about anime that interests you? Is it just something you're not really interested in to speak of? No exposure, like um, I think it was more so just the. Not so much exposure to it. Um, when I was a kid, um, I mean, I wasn't even allowed to watch like Pokemon and stuff like that. <laughs> a little side story: uh, I was uh, for Christmas one year, my one of my uncles got me uh, uh, Pokemon uh, cards. Yeah. No, uh, the Pikachu. Sorry, mm. uh, Pikachu clock, and <laughs> my mom made me give it back. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of my exposure to to anime and that style of things. So, um, yeah, and it was really more of even when I did start watching it with you guys, it was really kind of a social thing. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to get interested in what my friends were getting interested in. Fair. So um, I will say, though, I am very much interested in My Hero Academia because I'm a big superhero fan. So. I would love to get into that one. Especially with the callbacks that they do on some of those characters to Western comics. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. With how much you love Western comics, I do think that my hero would definitely be up your alley. Um, and I definitely understand, like, just not growing up with it, getting into it later in, in life is definitely very, very different. Because your opinion and your perspective on things is very different. Yeah. When I was with my previous roommate, Justin, that was basically a condition. I just walked into his room, dropped the DVDs of Dragon Ball Z on his desk. was like, get started. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And he did start watching anime after that. And he like finished all of DBZ. And there's a few other shows that he and I watched together. And I got him recommending and stuff. So yeah, like it worked out there, but he was also a few years younger than we are currently. So (laughs) yeah, it's it's a bit easier when you you have that vested interest in, in getting to know someone and, Mm -hmm. and getting to know what they're interested in. And then, then once you start watching it, you can kind of get, uh, the vested interest in the show itself right i will say we probably didn't do you any favors when we watched dragon ball z because the group of us just sat there quoting abridged the entire time (laughs) and so if anything we got you interested in a bridge but probably didn't help you get interested in the actual yes i do love dbz abridged (laughs) it was pretty (laughs) that is something else that's like another callback to just the things that inspired by anime because that's just Dragon Ball Z fans that said we want to make a spoof of Dragon Ball Z and just eat dorks. Yeah, and that's yep. what they did, and, and then it, it was really popular. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and it became a thing, yep. <laughs> very much a thing. Yeah, and there's so many different abridged shows on YouTube. Not even just by that group. Like they've got a few different ones, but in looking at other random channels, it's just like we're just fans of anime. Let's do something weird. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, and that's another thing about anime, though. Is I mean the wide appeal. Part of it's that nostalgia, but uh, another wide part of it is just how how well anime translates as, uh, different concepts into it into it itself as a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hit on very hard topics mm-hmm. through through the, that medium, and it's something that we're starting to realize now in a lot of, a lot of more Western pop culture. Mm-hmm. But um, to include the fact that a lot of anime has a very wide breadth of audience, yeah. and some of it is far more adult. 
too far adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and others are very kid focused, but they're not pulling punches. It's yeah. it's pointing out like, okay, yes, Ash Ketchum just won this big battle and he's going up with his all-star team and he lost. Mm-hmm. Why did he lose? Because hard fact, that person, they've trained harder. Yeah. They've yeah. trained longer. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yep. Well, that's what I think that's something that really sticks out to me with anime is their ability to touch on some really sensitive and difficult topics and do so in some ways that they like definitely take it too far with like the joking and it's just like not taking it seriously. But there's also the ones that do take it seriously and note that like this is a genuine issue that happens in real life. Yeah. yeah. And it's and just like I remember watching one a while back that like really like the main character dealt with domestic abuse growing up. And so, like, having to deal with that and, like, seeing how they kind of, like, the type of person they became after that and just their interaction with people because of the, what they went through is, like, that's not something you really see outside in other content because people are scared of that, like, okay, we don't want to offend someone. We don't want to do something that's such a sensitive topic because we don't know how people are going to react to it. Whereas yeah. anime is just like, no, this is something that happens in real life. We need to discuss it. Yeah. And we, and there's a re- we can use this as part of our story, do it in a tasteful, tactful way, but still say like, Hey, this is something that happens. In it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, those, those same moral messages are coming through not only in more kid focused and correct me if I'm wrong. That was uh, one of the, one of the characters, in my hero, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's also some of the topics and again, the slightly more hesitate to say adult, but, um, cause that has different connotations. Uh, but mature. It, yeah, there you go. The more yeah. mature sto- uh, stories, uh, Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. would be the standout one to me. Part and part of that is due to just the genre it is. Yeah. Where it's it's cyberpunk. The whole idea is, hey, we're completely interchangeable now. So, haha. And now you have characters wrestling with topics of identity and topics of like, well, hang on, I need, I I need to know who I am. Mm-hmm. Am I was I implanted as just this? these thoughts in this mechanical brain or yeah. was I someone before that surgery, before that accident mm. or the people that are like in that same vein, the people that were against those cybernetic implants and either went through a really bad injury or car crash or whatever yep. and had to get implants to survive. And then them struggling with the fact that it's like, am I still human? Am I more human than robot? Am I more robot than human? Mm-hmm. Like how yep. do I proceed with my life? How do I process what I am now? What am I to people now? Mm. Yeah. And uh, this may be going a little too far on that, but I mean, since we're talking about influences, Ghost in the Shell was one of the main driving influences for kind of a cultural zeitgeist for us in the, here in the States of The Matrix. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Matrix sure. never would probably never would have happened had it not been for shows like uh, shows like uh, Ghost in the Shell, oh, specifically wow. the first movie, um, where it's yeah, it's it's. It, it's had a very long history of, of effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something new to me. That's, um, I didn't know that about the Matrix. That's, yeah. I mean, it may not have specifically come from that, but it at least had an influence, right? Very, very strong influence. Yeah. Where, I mean, I think the Wachowskis were pretty forward, like, no, no, no. We came up with this idea while watching it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah. There's been a few different examples of that. I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, like that being that really prime example. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, that's Matrix pretty was common. pretty popular. <laughs> Just I mean, a it's bit. coming yeah. back for another movie now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
that could just be from uh, lack of ideas, but <laughs> oh, that's, that's <laughs> definitely a considered factor there. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm still very much looking forward to it. But yes. that's a that's another topic. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, question for both of you, um, one at a time, kind of thing. Um, what was your favorite anime growing up? Hmm. I think for me, it's pretty obvious with the tattoos. <laughs> it was definitely Dragon Ball Z. Um, good point. Good point. Dragon Ball Z, and honestly, it was probably a tie between DBZ and Pokemon. Okay. Because I still, to this day, play the Pokemon games. I loved the Pokemon cards growing up. Like, I absolutely am down to get Pokemon tattoo added to the various myriad of anime tattoos <laughs> I have. And, um, and Caleb, you're also on Pokemon uh, Go constantly. So. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> Thanks, bud. It's, it's I was like, David, I see you on there too. <laughs> it, it's definitely running on my phone as we speak. Just saying. <laughs> um, That's all right. If they had a Marvel version of that, I would be playing. It, so don't <laughs> don't even worry about it. But yeah, like DBZ and Pokemon, definitely the big things. I did grow up watching like Zoids, as I mentioned earlier. Gundam, as I mentioned. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh was another a classic one that I grew up with. Uh, but DBZ was the one that really like really stuck with me yeah i still go back and watch through that from time to time now like again the tattoos the video games like reading through the manga now and like i've got all of the movies and seasons on blu-ray like i love dragon ball z (laughs) (laughs) what about you david uh so saturday mornings we we watched some but not much and so i would catch the occasional episode of pokemon here and there but what really drew me in was actually digimon uh, oh, which yeah. was kind of a it uh, wasn't kind of nothing. It it was flat out a, a clone. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun clone, uh, but uh, yeah, that one like it's interesting to me because Digimon is one of those that like it's more popular than you realize, but still not as popular as I feel like it should be. I don't know. I mean, because they've it, still got Digimon movies coming out. And, like, there's people. Do that they? Are, oh yeah. Like oh Digimon gosh. is still very much a common thing in in today's day and age. That makes and me like, happy. <laughs> they recently put up a bunch of the like Digimon movies and stuff on one of the streaming services. They've got another one that they're wanting to do. Uh, like Digimon is is far more popular than you realize. Hmm. Actually, I'm kind of glad for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, the funny I, I gave um, my old roommates a hard time because he loved both Pokemon and Digimon, but he didn't really have one that kind of stood out to him. And when Pokemon introduced Mega Evolution, I was like, oh, hey, it Digivolved. The look on his face, he was like, no, they are not the same thing. I was like, technically they are, because it's a temporary transformation for the battle, and it goes back, it reverts back to normal after the battle's over. He goes, do not speak that black magic around me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so you want to know what's funny is, uh, the uh, when I heard of digimon um for some reason i always got it mixed up with that off-brand tamagotchi <laughs> do, do you guys remember that one yeah. the, uh, what was it called i can't even remember what it was now it, but it was it, an off-brand tamagotchi there were a couple there was a digimon tamagotchi type mm-hmm. toy okay um the one that looked like just a brick wall with yeah. a screen in it. Okay. So that that actually was part of the same series. Okay. All right. Um, so I wasn't wrong. No. <laughs> yeah. There were other off-brand versions of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the, it? Scanners? Right? Scanners. With a Z. Because, you know, 90s and mid-aughts. Mm. <laughs> there was another show that was going on when we were younger that 
was kind of took inspiration from Digimon was Metabots. Okay. They were oh, all like the yeah, insect, yeah. insect type yeah. robots. And it was like, it was a really entertaining show. Like they transformed and powered up for various fights and stuff. But that one was like, I, I feel like with the rise of Pokemon and Digimon at the time, it was just like kind of playing catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, for Dana, uh, that was kind of the start, but it really didn't pick up on me until, I don't know. 13, 14, uh, got into some of the old, uh, the other shows, a little bit more into uh, Dragon Ball Z at the time. Um, but still, again, as stated earlier, it's kind of like, okay, how long, how long is this one going? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but got into shows like Outlaw Star, Trigun, um, oh, shoot, um, company that shall not be named, tried to make an adaptation that flopped miserably. So, oh, Bebop? Yes, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, great, great show. Whereas I don't know, I'm, I hesitate to pinpoint any one reason why I got into that. For a few reasons, just that time of life, but also um, the the opening theme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tank by by the seatbelts. Oh, <laughs> great baseline! It was right as I was starting yeah. to learn how to play bass. <laughs> the theme was a big thing for a couple different anime from that time because that like. The original Way of the Dragon intro for Dragon Ball Z with the guitar riffs and like mm-hmm. the rock theme. I was just like, oh, this is cool. This is different. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that was pointed out to me as we were uh, watching those episodes. Oh, we pulled up the like, original theme song for oh, yeah. you and was just like, no, check this out. Like, the, this one is good, but no, listen to the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I mean, the music was always a big deal with, uh, with that. Um, yeah. It's it's been a weird, yeah. My path into anime has been considerably different than yours. <laughs> well, mine like I watched those handful of shows growing up, and then I really outside of that, I didn't watch much anime until after I moved out. Mm. It was like a girl I dated in my junior and senior year of high school started to get me back into anime a little bit, Dang. but <laughs> I didn't really fully get into it until after I moved out. At which point, I could just sit down and watch whatever I wanted to and not have to worry about it. And that was when I just went through all of the Netflix anime. <laughs> I found like Fate Stay Night and oh, so many other dude, good Berserk. series. I, I, I watched Berserk a little bit later and I think it was a It's a overhyped. hard story though. Well, I, it was overhyped for me. Okay. I had someone that hyped it up and it was like his personal favorite. And so by the mm. time that I sat down to watch it, I had listened to him for like months at this point, hyping the show up or these movies up. And so when I sat down and watched them, I was just like, Okay, like I get these are entertaining, but like what was his what was his love yeah. for this? Yeah, it's that's a harder story to get into for sure. Um speaking of which, I I have another question of like if you guys were to recommend uh an anime um besides My Hero Academia because that is one <laughs> I'm, I'm like I said I'm still kind of interested in trying to watch. But for someone who doesn't necessarily have much interest in it, but kind of still wants to do it to, you know, have something to say when we're talking about anime, um, <laughs> then how would we have this episode? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, well, we never said that the noob couldn't get into it. After this is true. Fight. This exactly. is very, very true. Yeah. No, this very is true. This is literally kind of that. <laughs> kind me. of the premise. <laughs> like, this is something for someone who 
doesn't know something about these particular things or didn't previously have an interest in can get excited about it because the other people have that interest and can share it with someone. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because anime, it it very much depends on a person's taste and knowing like your love of superheroes. Sadly, there's not as many related around just straight up superheroes as you might think, actually. Yeah. They tend to be more along the lines of like, especially specifically with the shonen style that I tend to prefer it's more around that martial arts yeah. stuff. Um, Which I, I love martial arts as well. So, yeah. like, so I mean. The, the one that I would always recommend to anyone, especially if they're getting started, is Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Like, yep. that is the most popular series in the world for a reason. Yes. Like, there's a reason why those fans will go on, and if they see something even, like, by one point go above Fullmetal Alchemist on the anime rating, they just start spamming away. It's like, no, you will not surpass this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's... That is... Far and beyond the most popular series, I would say. Okay. Like even taking Dragon Ball Z into consideration, I feel like Dragon Ball Z was the starting point, but Full Metal is probably that like that big ticket. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Intermedi- intermediary kind of yeah. like this is beginning, but well, this it's is like it's, it's what good you want too to because it's one of those anime that doesn't go overboard with a lot of the like the fan service that some other anime does, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's also got such a good compelling story and it does such a great job with that character development. That if you if you enjoy good storytelling, you're gonna enjoy it most likely. Okay. Even if yeah. you don't necessarily care for that animated style. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that one and like the pacing on uh on Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. specifically Brotherhood, yes. is really good. Yeah. Um, namely in the fact that they really balance out those moments like, okay, we just had this major plot point happen. Mm-hmm. That sucked. All right. Hey, here's some lighthearted filler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. And that's so, another one that does a pretty good job of like kind of touching on some more sensitive topics. Yeah. But like doing it in a way that's like, okay, this is educational. We're kind of teaching you like, hey, this is kind of life. This is something that happens. But here's a stupid joke now to just lighten the mood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the comic relief in that one is awesome. Uh, If you want something that's a little bit more lighthearted in general, I would actually recommend Soul Eater. Soul Eater is fantastic. That is another one of my personal favorite ones. I will say that like be prepared for uh, like don't cross the line with the fan service but that's definitely one that just like oh here's the line i'm a poke it <laughs> yeah they, well, they, they make fun of the idea of fan service yeah. with exception of one character and that one character is like you're saying yes yeah. <laughs> but that was another one that has such good character design and storytelling and it's like it's such a unique thing it's like it's a high school of students that are hunting down effectively what are demons mm-hmm. and killing them for the grim reaper who is the principal of the school <laughs> oh, yes man. And it's it, as as odd and as serious as that concept sounds, they do so in a way that is absolutely whimsical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, yeah. To, to, and that's like to understand with the art style yeah. and the color palette and just the way <laughs> yes. that the characters interact with each other. Like you go into that <laughs> thinking that sounds kind of dark, and then you're like, "That's the color palette they chose." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Nice. And something that's cool about that one too is like there's the Meister who is like the warrior and then there's the weapon and they're like both characters, but there's people that are able to transform into weapons in this universe. And so they have a, ma- a Meister who they like synchronize with physically and spiritually, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this person is able to wield me because we're on the same wavelength. Okay. Yep. And so like, and they can transform into different weapons. There's like one guy that turns into a scythe. There's these twin girls that turn into pistols for one character there's a ninja chick that is able to transform but they're not into all kinds. Of, they're not <laughs> symmetrical. <laughs> there's a ninja chick that can basically transform into any 
ninja weapon and so like he's a ninja fighting style and like just is like okay go into shuriken mode go into knife mode go into yep. kunai mode go into smoke bomb whatever oh wow and so it's like it's really unique and like like you said it's like a fairly dark story when you think about it but it's done in such a whimsical goofy way that it's like oh this is fantastic yeah, yeah cool <laughs> another uh, one that uh, i would recommend real, uh, real quick oh, uh, <laughs> i was gonna say kind of going back a little bit to what you said about the fan service if you guys know me at all you know that I like fan service. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think Be you're ready careful. for anime yeah, style fan service. Anime <laughs> fan service is like a very different concept. So yeah. it's like, you may say that, but then as soon as you start watching, it's just like, oh, this one's not expected. So, okay. So what, give me one example of, of fan service. Very, I will not give an these... example, but I will give a description. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the rules of the internet? Not specifically, no. Okay. One in particular that probably can't come to mind for quite a few people listening <laughs> um yeah um <laughs> basically like there's it, some anime that like it's just ridiculous proportions for lack of a better way to word it and it's like if it can move it's going to move for no reason whatsoever yep. okay and random things where it's just like clothing getting blown off just just because just yep. because, like, there's no real reason. Just because we know the, the character, uh, the fans tend to, yeah. uh... Okay, so, so like... Have their own so, opinions of those characters. Yes. Okay, so, like, in, in just in my own <laughs> reference, like, uh, uh, a particular actor who's known for uh, taking their shirt off, like Taylor Lautner or something mm-hmm. like that, he'll... Hmm. <laughs> abduction? Did you ever see Abduction? It's like that, okay. yes, right. but it's like, but like with female he, characters, just... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's basically that whole thing of like, okay, you like this person is known for taking their shirt off. So in every movie, he's going to take his shirt off. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. Okay. Where like it's practically a clause in their contract. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's some anime that Good like, to know. really try to like push that boundary and see how far they can get away with it <laughs> without like falling into other categories. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stole the dead. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yeah, like that's where Bleep we. That title co- out, please. That's where we say fan service is like, it's just like nudity without any purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. Just nudity for nudity's sake, basically. Yeah. You know, like an HBO show. Yeah, I was gonna say like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> um, so or The yeah. Witcher. Yeah. Yep. Like that's where, that's where we like that. That's where I say like, careful with the fan service, yeah. and that's why I recommend a lot of the shows that I do recommend because it's like well. Some of them may kind of get close to that line, like the character from Soul Eater. The ones that I'm going to t- typically recommend to most people aren't going to cross that. Right. Yeah. right. Which is good. Yeah. Shows, <laughs> shows I would recommend are similar in vain, but uh, my draw is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like the fun, lighthearted stories. Mm-hmm. My draw is more on, okay, how are you tackling with this topic? Yeah. What do you, what is, what is the, what, what are the writers trying to encourage us to think about? Another good one to start off with, if you like more of like a semi-historical take, is the Fate Stay Night series that we were talking about. And it's taking various historical characters and putting them into like this fighting tournament. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's like, it does like its own kind of unique twist on some of the characters. Like Gilgamesh is one of the characters. And then there's another one that's like their very different version of King Arthur, who is actually a woman that was pretending to be a man in Camelot and like trying oh, okay. to fight and save Camelot. So, um, 
Well, Medieval takes, Mulan. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Um, so it's like it takes a lot of those historical characters and brings them to modern time and says, okay, cool. You're a servant for this master. Go have fun. You're fighting in a tournament. Hope you survive. Yep. Goodness. What, uh, which show did you say that was? That one, uh, there's Fate Stay, uh, Fate Zero is kind of like the prequel series, though it came out a little bit later. And then there's Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. Okay. It's a little bit of a mouthful of a title, but <laughs> very good show. And that one is like technically timeline wise comes after Fate Zero, but I think that one's a little easier to get into because they explain some of the stuff. And then Fate Zero is like, okay, we're just assuming that you've watched the other Fate series and you already know what's happening. Yeah, in the you, know, you know the characters yeah. and you know kind of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. So, you have any other questions? Like, I, we talked on quite a few anime. <laughs> there, so. Yeah, no, uh, I think that was that's really a good starter um, for people who don't know much about anime. I mean, I, I think there was some moments where we we kind of glazed over some some information, but <laughs> but that other than that, I think yeah, that's kind of tricky because I don't want to like. Especially if there's someone that's wanting to get into anime and like they happen to take any of my goofy recommendations, <laughs> trying not to spoil too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, I think it's more like, uh, like just knowing who characters certain are yeah. or whatever. But yeah. yeah, that's that's no big deal. It's kind of just what we're here for. So yep. And um, actually, as far as recommendations to you personally, Dan, Trigon, Trigon. hands down, I think you would. Thoroughly enjoy Trigon. I think it's yeah. only what 23, 24 episodes, something like okay. that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a shorter. It, it was a one season show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to is. write some of these down later. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the stepping stone between Full Metal Alchemist and Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Okay. I would say like knowing your taste and your style, My Hero is probably a good starting point for you. Yeah. Because it's definitely got the lightheartedness. It's got the seriousness. It's got good character development, storytelling. It is a bit of a longer show, mm-hmm. um, but. It is, uh, again, knowing your preference with superheroes and stuff like that, I do think that was probably a good starting point for you. Agreed. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this conversation up. Uh, thank you guys for for schooling me in uh, anime. <laughs> and thank you, Caleb, for calling Anytime. on the BS. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will uh, call it a episode three of Two Geeks and One Noob. Yay. So <laughs> hopefully whoever gets to listen to this uh, enjoyed and we will see you guys in the next episode. Job's done. Thanks everyone. Have a good night.